0: Shalom, King of Kings family, so happy to be with you again today. I hope you're having a great day. Uh, We just constantly are in prayer for you. And uh, we want to appreciate how all of you have joined us for the past 21 days of prayer. You know, we started the new year with 21 days of prayer, uh, many different leaders jumping in to help us lead those sessions. So thank you for being a part of that. That was very popular and uh, many people connected. We hope to learn from that and do it again next year also want to say a special thank you to Pastor Vaco for helping us with uh, today's readings, sharing with us some of the community events, and of course for Pastor Ray and Brigitte, who, while we are still in a very severe lockdown, they were able to help serve us uh, today. Thank you guys for being at the pavilion, serving us within our restrictions here in Israel uh, with some wonderful, uh, intimate time of worship. Thank you to the whole team. What a great community of leaders we have, and I just want to say that. Uh, how much we appreciate everybody. Um, uh, also, uh, connect with us in the New Daniel series in our community groups. That's going to be an exciting time, so we're uh, inviting everybody connect with us in those study groups. Now listen, let's dive in today into the Word of God. We're going to be looking at uh, picking up in First Peter chapter two. This is our Life Behind the Shield study. So go ahead and turn in your, your devices. First Peter chapter 2, and I'm going to give you a quick recap while you're turning there. Uh, Pastor Ray did a great job uh, last week as we looked at Yeshua being the cornerstone, which is a stone that cannot be moved. It is the foundation of the house of God that's being built, and we are called to be part of this house. He also looked at the covenants of God that he made with the patriarchs are intersecting corner points with the life and work of Yeshua, kind of a description of how God is building this house, of course. We also know that the cornerstone example is expounded upon by Paul and by Isaiah, the prophet. So we're going to pick up there. If you have your Bible, your devices, 1 Peter chapter 2. Let me pick up as we segue from last week into this week, 1 Peter 2, verse 7 and 8. Join with me. Now, to you who believe, this stone, talking about Yeshua, is precious. But to those who do not believe, the stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone and a stone that causes people to stumble and a rock that makes them fall. They stumble because they disobey the message, which is also what they were destined for. So, what do we first pick up here? We pick up that we, the believers, are called living stones and that we are being built into a special house called the house of God. And rather than stumbling over Yeshua as He offends many people or His message offends many people, instead of stumbling over that, Peter says that we are a chosen people and we're chosen for a very special purpose. Now, if you look at the context of this writing as we did in the opening of the series... We need to learn who is Peter talking to? Who is this chosen people? Uh, Who are the people who have this special purpose? Well, the next verse helps us to understand that we're looking back to uh, all of the believers that this book is written to in a variety of places in the region at the time of the writing. So it's going to many many congregations and it's going to many people. So let's pick it up there, same chapter, 1 Peter 2, verse 9 and 10. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may desire the praises of Him who called you out of darkness into His wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. So let me give you the first key phrase today in this study. Even as precious elements of a new house are selected... We are chosen by God to be key ingredients in His house. So remember, what's the analogy? That Yeshua is the cornerstone, and on top of Him, we, the people of God, with a special purpose are being built, that we intersect with the prophets, we intersect at the corners with the covenants of God made with the patriarchs. We're all part of this house that God is building. But just like a new house that's being built, has special things that are chosen special materials and ingredients and elements of the house they're chosen by the house owner and the house builder so God looks at us the same way and he says I've chosen you as a special possession you know uh, I come from a family of builders as I've told you many times before Um, my father two of my brothers my nephews they're builders they build houses Uh, I have two sisters that are both real estate agents and a sister in law who has recently become a real estate agent. I've got uh, uh, people in my family that are interior decorators. Between all of us, we can get a house both planned, built, decorated, and sold. And one of the most fun parts about the house is when people get together and they get to select all of the special elements, ingredients, and materials in the house. How how will you paint the walls? What color will they be? Will there be wallpaper? What kind of tile or carpet will be on the floor? What kind of fixtures will be in the bathroom and in the kitchen? And it's fun to pick all of these things as we're building a house, but that's exactly what Yeshua did for us. He looked out across the landscape of his children, those that believe, those that Peter is writing this to, and he says, you are a special possession. I'm building my house, and I want you to play a special role in what I'm building. And that's really the analogy that's being emphasized here. So we go back to the text, what did he say about us? He said to the believers, you're a chosen people, you're a royal priesthood, you're a holy nation, you are a special possession. You see, the devil always wants us to believe we're not special, but that goes exactly against what the Word of God tells us, who God says we are. Now, we wanna be really clear that the New Covenant Gentile believers do not replace the special chosen standing or position of the Jewish people. We all have an important role to play in God's kingdom. But even as God has given the Jewish people a special calling, He is now giving the New Covenant believers a special calling. And the language in 1 Peter 2 is very similar to some of the original chosen language in Exodus chapter 19. Let me read you verse 5 and 6 from Exodus 19. Talking to the Jewish people, God says, Now if you obey me fully and you keep my covenant, then out of all the nations you will be a treasured possession for me. And although the whole earth is mine, you will be for me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words you are to speak to the Israelites. So you can see how similar the language is between the Jewish people in the original ancient nation in God's covenant with them, holy nation, treasured possession, pulling them out of the nations to be something special. And that language is so similar to 1 Peter chapter 2, where we're called a holy nation, special possession. We are called chosen, a royal priesthood. That is spoken to the new covenant believers, both Jew and Gentile. So we can receive that blessing today. Let me give you your second key phrase today in this lesson. Ancient Israel was built into a physical nation, but believers today are being built into a spiritual nation, right? One came before, it laid the groundwork, that's the physical nation of Israel and its special calling, and what we're about today, the business of the kingdom, is believers are being built into a spiritual nation, not necessarily a physical one on this earth. Hopefully you get that. Now, last week, Pastor Ray even looked at the idea of when you're building a house, there are some things that hurt the house. There are some decisions, life choices, ways of thinking, ways of believing that can erode the house that God is building, erode our faith, if you will. Going back to our example of my family and being builders and real estate agents and decorators, we understand that the structural integrity of a house is very important. And there are certainly physical elements that take away and detract and and, and deteriorate that physical property of the house. Things like rust or mildew, maybe termites or soil erosion. All of these things uh, destroy a house's foundation. It destroys the integrity of the house. And in this chapter, we are also told that there are things spiritually that can erode our spiritual life. We need to be on guard against these things, things that erode or destroy, like disobedience, like some of the things that were listed early in this chapter. So let me pick up the main text. I'm still in 1 Peter chapter 2. Let me now look at verse 11 and 12. Speaking of this dynamic of building a house, God building a house, you and I are specially chosen for this house, but there are some danger signs of things that can erode our spiritual development. 1 Peter 2, 11 and 12. Dear friends, I urge you as foreigners and exiles to abstain from sinful desires which wage war against your soul. Live such good lives among the pagans that though they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day He visits us. Sinful desires wage war against our souls. Now we should highlight some significant contrasts are going on in this passage right here in these two verses. Hopefully you caught them. So first of all, we're being built into a house, but we need to be on guard from the things that erode the house. So that's one piece of contrasting information. But there was a very important additional contrasting piece of information. Hopefully you caught it. If you didn't, here it is. On the one hand, we're being built into a house. A house is permanent. A house is made of stone and a foundation, and it's supposed to last for generations. On the other hand, this verse just told us, don't forget that you are sojourners. You're a passer-through type people. You are exiles. You are temporary on this earth. So these are contrasting thoughts. We are supposed to be part of God's building the house, but we're also temporary on the earth. One is permanent, and one is a temporary thought. Now, with that in mind, you can understand, build the house, watch out for erosion. Build the house, but don't forget your sojourners. And the rest of this chapter goes on to tell us a little bit more about how this dynamic works between the temporary and the permanent. And so let me shape this a little bit for you. Even though we're temporary on the earth, do you know that it's important to invest in the temporary nature of what God is doing so that the investment will pay off in the permanency of the eternal. It's okay to invest in what God is doing now, even though it's temporary, on this earth, because the investment is being forwarded to your account, if you will, to the eternal permanency of your destiny in the life God has called you to. You understand that although we live on this earth temporarily, we are still called to live within the boundaries of the universal and eternal moral code of God, God's moral law. Do you understand? We're being built into a spiritual house. Yeshua is the cornerstone. A house is permanent, but sojourners and foreigners and exiles are temporary. So let's go a little bit further with this compare and contrasting thought about permanency and temporary, investing in 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 the temporary element so that it can pay off in the permanent later on my mind went at this point to what did John, the apostle, see in his revelation versus what did Moses see in his revelation on the mountain? Now, we're talking about the house of God, so I want to stay in in that context. But John and Moses both saw something of an example about the house of God. I pick up the reading. I'm back in Revelation chapter 15, 5 and 6. Revelation 15, John says, After this I looked and I saw in heaven the temple, that is the tabernacle of the covenant law, and it was opened. And out of the temple came the seven angels with the seven plagues. They were dressed in clean, shining linen, and wore golden sashes around their chests. Now I'm going to break this apart a little bit so you can understand a little bit better. There is a word in Greek for temple, that is neos, but there is a different word for tabernacle, skene. So Naos and skene, temple and tabernacle, John is not confused. He, he's describing uh, two different words uh, about what he saw, the picture that he saw in heaven. Now, those of you that live in Israel and you speak Hebrew with us, you understand that even in the ancient Hebrew, there are two different words used for temple and tabernacle as well. The Mishkan is the tabernacle, the temporary tent that was moved around. And the Beit HaMikdash or the Beit Yehovah, these are the house of the Lord. This is the, the, the permanency of the temple that was built. The Mishkan versus the Beit HaMikdash, the tabernacle versus the temple. One is temporary. One is more permanent, right? One, one is built of things that will pass away and one is made of stone. One is made of skins and fabrics. One is made of rock, stone, and a foundation, So you can see the compare and the contrast. As a matter of fact, Hebrews chapter 8 says that Moses saw the tabernacle when he was getting his revelation. He saw into heaven and he saw the tabernacle. Now, Hebrews 8 is, of course, quoting Exodus 25. And I don't mean to jump around on you with all of these scriptures, but I'm trying to make some connecting points for you. Exodus 25 verse 9, God says to Moses, Make this tabernacle, the Mishkan, And all of its furnishings exactly like the pattern I will show you. And so we know that Moses saw a pattern, an example of a tabernacle or maybe a temple in heaven. The word used here is tabernacle. And remember, what are we driving at? What's our point? The tabernacle was a temporary version of the permanency of the temple. And actually, the earthly temple is just a temporary version of the heavenly temple. But it was still important that we invest into the work of the tabernacle. It was important that we invest into the earthly temple because we are one day going to reap the benefits of that investment in the permanency of the eternal temple and tabernacle that exist in God's heavenly realm. Let me give you some other temporary versus permanent elements. What about the sacrifices now that we're talking about the temple? The sacrifices, they're temporary because Yeshua became the permanent sacrifice. But it was important that we invest in them, we understand them, we participate in the sacrifices before the coming of Yeshua. We invest in them because we know that the permanent investment will be found in the perfect sacrifice of Yeshua himself. The earthly high priests, there were temporary earthly high priests it was important that we invest in that work, that we participate, that we embrace them, we honor them, we respect their leadership. But knowing that one day Yeshua would become the great high priest once and for all, right? Invest in the temporary because the return on investment is in the permanency, the eternal of the work of Yeshua himself. And we can go on and on about this. How about our earthly bodies being temporary, moving toward our eternal bodies, which are permanent, but it's still important that we invest in our earthly bodies. That's what Peter's driving at. That's what he's trying to get you to understand. Yeshua is building a house, but don't let that house be eroded away with temporary sinful desires that wage war on our souls. Invest in the temporary. That means invest in obedience to the word of God. Invest into your quiet time. Invest into the scriptures. Invest into your prayer life and your community group here at King of Kings with us and our congregation and the broader King of Kings family. Invest in what we're doing. Even though it's temporary, it still has value because this temporary investment is going to pay off in the eternal. It's gonna pay off in what God has called you to do and to be in your final destiny. All of these temporary versus eternal effects. Now, let me remind you of our series, Life Behind the Shield. And toward the end of this chapter, Peter speaks not only living a life of obedience, but also he looks at the possible suffering that we may have to go through, just like Yeshua went through. Same main chapter, 1 Peter chapter 2. Look at verse 21. To this you were called, because Messiah suffered for you, leaving you an example that you should follow in his steps. So what are the steps? We should follow in His steps. What are the steps? There's two. Walking out obedience to God's ways, Yeshua did that, and being prepared to suffer even if we suffer for doing good. Same chapter, verse 20. But how is it to your credit if you receive a beating for doing wrong and you endure it? But if you suffer for doing good and you endure it, this is commendable before God. At this point, what is Peter trying to do? He's tying together all of the lessons for the believers. The temporary season on earth, he says, is training for us. It's training for a permanent home and a permanent destiny and the heavenly places with God in His eternal life that He offers to us. So let me move to a close here. Let me wrap this up. Let's go back to Peter's original dialogue in chapter 1. Today has been about chapter 2, 1 Peter chapter 2. But I'm giving you these lessons because they stand on the foundation of what Peter said in the opening back in chapter 1. I'm going to read it to you. 1 Peter, now I'm in chapter 1, verse 3 through 6. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord, Yeshua the Messiah. In His great mercy He has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Yeshua, our Messiah, from the dead, and into an inheritance that can never perish. There's the eternal, the permanent. It can never spoil or fade. There's the house that is not being eroded. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you. That's the permanent. Who through faith, that's us, are being shielded by God's power. That's temporary. We're being shielded right now until the coming of of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. In all this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. Guys, here's the lesson. Yeshua's the cornerstone, he's building a house. The materials that he selected with a special purpose is us. We intersect with the patriarchs and the prophets. Be careful that this house does not get eroded by sinful desires that wage war on our souls. Remember, we are specially chosen. The Jewish people of the ancient day, they were chosen. But the Jewish and Gentile believers of today, we are chosen in a very similar way. We don't replace Israel. We don't replace those covenants, but we certainly have been engrafted. We are certainly already part of God's house building right now, and we're specially chosen. It's not wrong to invest in the temporary call of God because that temporary call on this earth, whether it was through the sacrifices in the olden days, or whether it's through the priesthood, or, or whether it's this earthly body, all of it is important to invest in because the return on investment is eternal. Okay, last key phrase today, I'll let you go. Remember this, guys, that we're living life behind a shield of God's power, and behind that shield, we're being trained We're being trained for something God is bringing us to in the future. So here's your key phrase to close. Training is temporary, but your destiny is permanent. Okay? Training is temporary, but your destiny is permanent. And you were specially chosen by God. He picked you up out of all of the possessions He could have picked. He picked you out to serve a specific purpose in the building of His house, and that while it may take some training, it may take some suffering, it may take some self-control, it may take some saying no to sinful flesh and its desires. Remember, training is temporary. It's worth investing in. But your destiny is permanent. Amen. What a great word from 1 Peter chapter 2. Let me pray and impart this to you as we close today. Father, in the name of Yeshua, we thank you for this word. We thank you that it's relevant. It's timely right now in this earth and all that we're going through. It brings us a security of what you're holding in heaven for us, our inheritance, and that we're being protected by your shield of power while we're being trained. We're being trained for that which you created us for in our destiny. We see how it all fits together. We thank you, Lord, for this. We thank you for the word pictures and the parables. We thank you for the prophets and the patriarchs. We thank you for this community that we're being encouraged to walk these things out with power. Help us, Holy Spirit, to be obedient to your ways and to your word today, that we might live in that power, that you might get that power in us, that it might bless those around us. We dedicate this week to you to be your servants. In Yeshua's name we pray. Amen, amen. Hopefully that word challenged you today. I hope it really went into your spirit. Be encouraged. In a time of darkness, we need hope. We need joy. We need passion for what God is doing. And this is what he's doing right now. He's building you into his house. Let's close with just a few moments of worship. We're gonna send it over to Pastor Ray and Birgitta. They're ready for us right now. And remember, join us in the community groups uh, coming up in the next couple of weeks as we study the book of Daniel together.